Good day, brothers and sisters in the faith. I greet you this Lord's Day and welcome you to our time of worship together. I pray that this time will be blessed. Our call to worship. For our call to worship, we begin our service by recalling the words from God as set out by the prophet Jeremiah. I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I will listen. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you will not be disappointed. Let us pray. Creator God, on windswept beaches, your saints of old held their hands up to you in wonder and amazement, felt your power through the roar of wind and moving water, whether it be the sea or the flowing stream, and exposed to the elements, felt a unity with the one who had created all things. Holy Father and maker of heaven and earth, you have made all things according to your word. Thank you, Father God. Our Heavenly Father, we are here to worship you this morning and praise your name. May our worship be accepted by you. Let us ride on the wings of our praises and refresh our spirits in you. Creator God, worry and fear are not of your heart. Your word reminds us that perfect love casts out all fear, and we pray your perfect love upon the hearts of all those of our family, friends and congregants who are burdened this day with the fear of this pandemic. Lord, we know with no doubt that you are bigger than the threat of anything, especially illnesses, and we rest assured of your protecting power. We pray, Father, that you will, during this time of worship, remind us that you are still on the throne and that you are still in control fully rain down on each era the serenity that comes from the Prince of Peace. Help us to trust you in these challenging days, so that in whatever times are yet to come, we may rest secured that you will be faithful to be with us until the end of the age. We place at the throne of the Almighty such fears and cast them upon you. And we thank you for your word reminding us that your burden is light and your yoke is easy and that you cover us with your wings. Grant our Father in our worship service today amongst our brothers and sisters in the faith and in these troubled times of a coronavirus, those of our number who've grown weary of life, that we will find hope and those brothers and sisters who feel confused about life will find clarity and those who feel bitterness will discover happiness, and those who live in peril will find safety, and those who are lonely will find friendship, and those who have lost life's meaning will find holiness again. For all this we ask, so that we will all be better equipped in life for the cause of Jesus Christ. We confess our responsibility for those thoughts and actions by which we further the powers of evil and destruction in our world, for we know finally that becoming human is a process of reconciliation and not of separation of trust 
and not of suspicion, of communion and not of intimidation. As we bow our heads before you, Lord, we confess and acknowledge our needs, our weaknesses and our times of despair and hopelessness. And Father, we know that when we confess our sins and shortcomings before your throne, we're assured of your grace and mercy, that by your loving purpose, you forgive us for these our failings and deficiencies. And by your grace and mercy in the coming days, may we feel your loving touch healing us and caring for us as a child is cared for by a parent. And by your forgiveness, we have certainty that you are with us and that you are for us amid our daily lives. We praise you for this constant love. And in Jesus' name, we offer this prayer. For our sermon, I would like to mention that the readings for today are from Matthew chapter 24, 1 to 14, and Philippians 
chapter 3 and verses 12 to chapter 4, verse 1. And I would recommend that you perhaps read this in a quiet time. Let us pray. O God, open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word and give us grace to receive it, to understand it and to obey it. For the glory of Christ our Lord. Amen. Our sermon. Here we are in the last few months of 2020, a year in which most commenced with confidence and much hope. It was the third decade of the 21st century, and there were so many who had so many plans made for the future. And then in a few months, South Africa was in lockdown, as elsewhere in the world. We were confronted by a coronavirus like no other, and a pandemic which since then has continued to dominate the news. All our many plans have been laid aside. I remember when the state president declared that an initial lockdown would be for three weeks. It was a different and at the time an interesting new way of life. We used the time to clean cupboards and do those chores we never seemed to have time for before. Little did we realize just how severe would be the virus. And instead of a few weeks, we are now in the sixth month of lockdown. Although I think at level one, it is better defined as restricted living. And what confronts us today as we order our lives is the question, how much longer? When this pandemic quarantine started, it was as novel as the coronavirus itself, but it has worn out its welcome for me. I'm ready to go back to normal. I'm sure that this is the same attitude for each of you. Up to the beginning of this year, there was a pace in our modern day lifestyles and with the forced living restrictions, we rightfully ponder, how much longer? How much longer will we face restrictions in living? How much longer must we go about fearful that we or our family or our friends will find ourselves tested as positive for the virus. <laughs> and that brings me to the point of this address. How's your patience doing today? It is that question that leads us to the vital need for patience, more especially when there is yet a vaccine for COVID-19 to be brought into play. In fact, I believe whether in this current pandemic or when it is over, the gift of patience is paramount. It should become one of the major characteristics of our lifestyles in these new normal times. But I also know that patience is not easy. However, I suggest that the pandemic, for all its ill effects, offers us a rare opportunity to rewire our lives because our lives up to the beginning of this year had been a fast pace. We suffered, and I use the word suffered purposely, suffered from being in too much of a hurry. We lived at a pace that was frenetic, and with that pace of life we also suffered from impatience, be it in lines at the teller areas of a bank, in the checking out points of the supermarket, or the long line of peak hour traffic, more often standing, still than even moving. It is a truism that tolerance is and has not been a virtue greatly coveted in our modern lifestyle. Who wants to wait for anything? 
under the impact of a technological and mechanical culture, we've been schooled to demand things at once. Delays, detours, and even disciplines tend to irritate us. Thus, I believe today is a timely meditation that we should consider when the lockdown is lifted, that we choose the alternative option of patience to this tumultuous pace of life. And for us as people of God, we look for the Christian option, Christian patience. It reminds me of a story of a monk who was very impatient. You may wonder why a monk would be an impatient person. Don't people become monks and and thus cloister in a monastery so that they do not have to deal with the world? Indeed, that is true. So you can imagine how impatient this monk was. The more he tried, the more impatient he became, despite living in the solitude of a monastery. So his superior decided that he must leave the monastery for a while to learn to be patient. So he built himself a little home deep in the woods, far away from civilization. Years later, a man was traveling in those woods and met him. The traveler was amazed to find anyone living so far away from the rest of the world. So they asked the monk why he was all there by himself. The monk said that he was there to learn to be patient. The traveller asked how long he had been there, and the monk replied, Seven years. Stunned, the sightseer asked, If there is no one around to bother you, how will you know when you are patient? Instantly annoyed, the monk replied, Please go away from me. I have no time to discuss this with you. You see, impatience is not easy to get rid of. But if we are to cope with the new normal that will be our lives, we have to accept the counsel of James in his writing to the suffering saints of his time when he wrote, Be patient. Whatever the world in general may think of it, patience occupies a high place in the New Testament list of virtues. For example, there was the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. And in the Old Testament, we read of the story of Job and his suffering, and Joseph, who patiently suffered for doing what was right. What we must understand at the outset is that Christian patience is not a dull, negative passivity waiting for something to turn up. Far from it. It is a strong act of virtue. It is more like what we mean by endurance and perseverance. It means holding on tenaciously when the going is tough, carrying on determinedly, even doggedly, while others are giving up the game and the outlook seems hopeless. Psychologists promote the characteristics of meeting life's challenges by defining a person as being enthusiastic, eager, forceful and visionary. It is better when we add to these commendable qualities the equally admirable but less romantic quality of patience. So the question that is pertinent in our service this morning is how do each of us here today rating Christian patience? Just think silently about your own personal rating. And from that rating, we can also rate ourselves when exercising patience with others and ourselves and with God. But there is a problem here, and it is worry. We are so worried that it makes patience seem unobtainable. Let me tell you a story by Arthur Haddon 
Robinson in his book, What Jesus Said About Successful Living. One day, death was walking into a certain city when a man stopped him and asked what death was planning to do in that city. Death answered to say that he was going to receive 10,000 people that day. The man responded in despair, but death reminded him that his job was to take people when their time was ready. Today that meant 10,000 people would be taking their last breath and going into the year after. Later on in the day, death and the man caught up with each other again. However, this time the man was furious with death. The man lashed out at death and told death that he had lied to him. This morning death had told him that he would only take 10,000 lives, and yet according to all reports, some 70,000 people had died. 60,000 more people had died than death had said he would receive. The man accused death of lying and being greedy. Death allowed the man to rant and then stopped the man. Death told the man, Don't get mad at me. I only took 10,000. Worry killed all the rest. I would like to suggest that the first step in becoming a person, a Christian of patience, is learning how to deal with worry and the stress of living in these troubled times. The first thing and the most important thing we can do is to simply go to God in prayer. This was Jesus' way of dealing with his times of stress, worry and anxiety. Lisa, Luke tells us that one of the constant things in Jesus' life was to go to a place of solitude to pray. Jesus had to deal with a great many stresses while he was living here on earth. Thousands of people came to him to receive healing and listen to his teachings. Jesus had to deal with the stress that came from fighting the demons and the devil. And in the, all these challenges, Jesus turned to prayer. Jesus used prayer as a way to deal with the stress of living as a human being on earth. Jesus knew that the best way to handle the difficulties of life was to, const to be constantly connected with his heavenly Father. When something bothered him, when the stress of life got too much, the Bible tells us that Jesus would go to the mountains or to a solitary place and spend time with his heavenly Father. Prayer was Jesus' refuge. Jesus teaches us that prayer enables us to know that we have a partner, and that partner is God himself. Your stress level can fall when you connect with God, when you partner with God, who will provide you with patience. I would suggest that when you start to feel stressed, worried or anxious, as you face this pandemic or any other anxiety, don't wring your hands. Instead, take your hands and fold them and begin talking to the Lord Almighty. Share your concerns, connect with God and ask Him for help and assistance. Do what Jesus did. Go to your quiet place of prayer and spend time talking and praying with the Lord. I would then suggest that another excellent way to handle our stress, worries and anxieties is to turn to the Word of God, to mediate and meditate on God's Word. It contains all the best ways that we handle stress, anxiety and worry in our lives. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice Jesus does not tell us that we will never have stress, worries or even anxieties. 
Jesus did not say we would never have to face the pandemic of today or any other personal problems. No. Jesus tells us a way that we can handle the problems and situations in our lives. He tells us that we can make a trade with him. We can take the yoke that the world seeks to put on us, a yoke that is wearisome and full of burdens, and we can trade that yoke in for a Jesus yoke. A Jesus yoke is one that makes life much easier and one that even makes the burdens of this life lighter. Now, how does that happen? How is it possible? It is possible by saturating our lives with His Word. For the more you read God's Word, you discover the true purpose of this life. You learn that you are not alone. You learn how God works in our lives by helping us to handle difficult times. I commence this address on the theme of Christian patience, and I hope you will, through prayer and reading of God's words, find during this pandemic and the new normal of life that will follow that we must have patience, have the patience of God, have patience. Christian patience is rooted in the conviction that God's time is always the best time, the right time, the only time. In the final analysis, no one who believes in God and is imbued with Christian patience and makes Christian patience a vital part of their character will ever be disappointed in the outcome. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful that because of your amazing grace that we have the privilege of knowing the name that is above every name, where there are so many who do not. We pray that you will give us more and more of the virtue of patience, Christian patience, in our daily living. Give us the patience to be of help to others that we share our lives with and those who we meet in our daily living. We thank you for our minister, Heidi, our elders and counsellors, and for family and friends, especially our brothers and sisters in the faith, who have so lovingly and faithfully held fast during this pandemic. All this we pray in the name of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let this be the moment 
for our benediction. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>